This is Aliveness. I'm your host, Allison Crossweight, a guide and former psychotherapist here to empower you to break out of your old patterns, shift into a new state of being, and ignite your aliveness. Gaining life force sexual energy through targeted inner work. This is a version of a talk I gave, was it just yesterday? No, two days ago at the High Desert Human Design Conference here in Santa Fe. And I'm on my way out out of town and I decided to record the talk um, because it's the first time I gave the talk and it brought a lot of things together and I didn't quite connect the dots in the room because we were doing some really deep inner work related to the talk, the targeted inner work. And I saw where I could put more pieces together. I'm also really excited about this material. Uh, So I'm excited to share it with you, my podcast audience. The other piece that I'm working with today is something that's ongoing for me um, and for many of us, which is how well, how do I live? And in this case, how do I give a talk? And how do I do a podcast episode? That, of course, on the one hand, I have empathy for our short attention spans and the quick scrolls. And I want to present information that makes sense to your mind. I do, sort of. But I also don't want to appeal to those parts of you or to me, the parts that are looking for certainty in places where certainty actually can't be found. I would rather notice that desire for certainty, experience it, and let it flow through and respond to it in in a way that feels generative than I would start to tell you all the things that will make you feel like you might have some certainty because that wouldn't really be fair here uh, in any way. So I'm working on speaking very much from what is here to be spoken as opposed to structuring something that separates me from myself as I deliver it. Because the topic here is aliveness. It's gaining life force sexual energy. So how in the talking and the receiving, the giving and the receiving, the talking and the listening, can can we stay with our aliveness? That's that's really the whole question. The only thing. And I took a screenshot yesterday of something that I really think, I was kind of shocked, honestly, but I I think it's instructive. Okay, so this is a tweet from an Instagram from someone who many of you follow, I know that. And I don't like to call people out because it's not about shaming. But this person is, is, he's a creative counterpoint for me, honestly, because I I think his intentions are very good. And um, he comes from a completely different paradigm. 
and he's wildly successful and admired. Precisely, I think, because he tries to meet the place of uncertainty. So he says this. <laughs> he says, spontaneity is great, but life is far easier <laughs> and everything goes far better when we have protocols and we adhere to them. And this, this is so interesting to me for so many reasons, because he's not exactly saying there's a balance between discipline and flow. He's not saying that at all. Um, I'm, I'm, re I'm really blown away by this. I'm really blown away by this. But the other thing about this person is he used to be very anti-psychedelic. And I don't think we need to be pro or anti. Again, he was, you know, and he has reason to be as a scientific background. He had his things and he's moving. So I, I believe he's on a path like we all are. Um, I thought that was truly an amazing, amazing uh, a tweet to, to receive, especially in the, when I'm at a human design conference, which is literally about the experiment, which is about aliveness. So, aliveness is the same as sex. That's kind of the, the, the point of this to start. And my thesis, what I'm saying in this talk is, sex has the potential to solve all of our problems. Humanities, collective problems, personal problems. Now, what are problems? I don't know. Life is problems. Life is life. But when we're looking to expand and grow, aliveness is the way. And you've heard me say this before, but so often we're looking for the solution. So like a social media person to tell us how to post on social media, a holistic, you know, practitioner, naturopathic doctor to teach us how to take care of our health. Money coaches for money, parenting books to help us parent. And all those things are good, except when we're looking out to fill what's in, we're missing something. But when from here we go, oh, I'd like to learn what this person says about parenting, and then together me and this person's learning and wisdom can create something new, then we have creativity, which is aliveness. So aliveness, yeah, it's, it's life force energy, it's creation, it's how we got here. That's why it's so important. We got here through sex. And I'm convinced we leave here through sex in some form that that energy that transmutes the energy from there's never been a person, this person has never been before, and then this person is no longer, it's got to be the same power happening there. Something has to be analogous. And so sex is the most powerful energy, the most mysterious. It is literally the energy of us coming into being. And so it's also the energy of us creating absolutely everything we create in every moment. And it's also the energy of every single breath. <sighs> Something was created and released there, or as I like to say, orgasm. 
the wave of desire, peak satisfaction, release. The build, the peak, the release. How interesting is that? It's The wave is everywhere. It's everywhere. So when we're connected to our aliveness, as we allow our aliveness, I think connected maybe is the wrong word. When we allow ourselves to be alive without trying to take the mind and go, hey, I should be like this right now. I, I should, we go out of it. That's trauma. We'll talk about that. When we connect, when we allow ourselves to be who we really are, that's life force energy. That's flow. That's fluidity. That's presence. And so trauma, the way I use the word, is separation from that allowing, that surrendering, that flow, that presence. And that happens when our bodies are unable to sustain the physical, emotional, mental, spiritual experience of something we are experiencing. So that happens in, say, a car accident. It also happens in the chronic being told how to do things to sit still, to settle down, to sit at your desk, to concentrate. And as we're told these things, we lose life force energy. So if I come to this podcast, having constructed an argument for you, because I think I need to show something in some particular way, because that's how you do things, either to... um, be a good thinker or to market my business, then I am actually working from a traumatic place. And when we're in trauma, we're in fight, flight, fawn, play dead, soothe, addictions, like all those things are all like anytime we're like, oh, tell me the answer. Oh, can you do this? Like that's the traumatic place. And it's not juicy, it's not sexy, it's not alive. And I use the word juicy for alive. I think it's a nice word that it covers lots of lots of different different categories. So I'm gonna give you an example of how sex can solve the world's problems. Really basic example of how our inner state, our aliveness, which is what I mean by sex. I mean, intercourse is great if that's what we like, but there's no one way to define sex other than juice, orgasm, aliveness, energy gain, those types of things. So if it's painting, if it's the walk in the mountains, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. All the forms of consensual sexual activity, all, all of anything. I mean, accounting, it does not matter what it is as long as it's giving you the juice and it's in alignment with, um, with, what would I say? You know, certain principles of how we treat other people. So it's the interstate that creates everything. So here's the example. Imagine you're flying back from vacation and you have a really big day on Tuesday and it's Monday and it's an international trip and you've got a connection and the first flight's delayed and you miss your second flight. And so by the time you actually land in your hometown, 
it's two or three in the morning and customs takes forever. And then they've lost your bag. So you have to wait in the line to tell them they've lost the bag. And then you get out and it's so late, there's no Ubers. So you have to call one and it costs more and this and that. And you get home and it's like five or six in the morning and you're freaking exhausted. And you have an eight o'clock call. So you, you know, you don't get sleep and you're scarfing down some coffee and you open your laptop after a two week vacation at like 730 in the morning. And there's all these friggin' emails and you hate everybody in your inbox. You're so irritated because you're so tired and depleted and annoyed by how life is taking from you, taking from you, taking from you. And everybody just seems to be taking from you. So let's look at the opposite scenario. You're in Switzerland and you're with an intimate partner who you adore and you're climbing this mountain. And it's like the perfect climb. It's like a challenge, but it's not so hard that you're going to be exhausted. And the view as you go up, it's just like spectacular. And the mountain air is fresh. You're taking amazing photos and you're seeing the cows and you're walking. and It's just great. And then on your way down, you stop for dinner at one of those mountain restaurants and you have an Alsatian wine with a really nicely seasoned stew from the region. And it's delicious. And you and your partner are talking about things. You know, you're talking about life and you feel this inner sense of expansion, like you're close and you feel hope for what's next and you're happy and food and wine are great. And then when you get home, you make love and it is beautiful. You have time and your bodies feel good and it lasts as long as you want it to. And it's gorgeous and you fall asleep in each other's arms and then you wake up the next morning and your partner brings you a coffee and you decide to do a little work before you go to your next day's activities and you open your laptop and there's some people who need something from you and you give it to them. You give them exactly what they need happily because you're full. You're full. I think we can all relate to these two different states. And that's really what I'm talking about. It's that simple. And the question is, how do we cultivate the state of overflow that has us relating to the same job in both cases, but from a place of overflow? And how can we start to notice when we're operating from the state of lack versus the state of overflow? And it doesn't necessarily mean that in the state of overflow, we're always giving everybody everything they want, but it, it fe we feel full and we can see what's, what's good for the whole from that place rather than defending ourselves. So connecting with that state of aliveness, it's multifaceted. It's about the body. It's about the emotions. It's about the mind. It's about the spirit. Yes, it's about sexuality. And all of this, it's about self-esteem, embodied self-esteem, 
unconscious self-esteem. And one of the patterns I've been working with in myself lately is some of my biggest problems, I would say maybe some of the most destructive patterns I see in myself come after something really good happens. Because I'm leaning into and opening into some very good things. And as I do that, challenges my body, mind, heart, and soul's conception of itself. And it doesn't quite know what to do with that. And so the energy has to go somewhere. And so it balances it out with something self-destructive. So I can't really be as, I can't really take it in in the same way. And what does embodied self-esteem really mean? So again, let's look at a very extreme example, but you know when you can see in someone's body language when they're not confident versus this? That's not conscious. They don't walk in a room and say, I feel bad about myself, therefore I'm gonna stand like this. It's a learned, body position. It's unconscious. And so we can talk all day long about self-esteem and it's always so helpful when someone points out to me where I'm not valuing myself. That's crucial in conversation. But self-worth comes from the unblocking of the physical, emotional, mental, spiritual energy and allowing it to run and release itself. That's how the energy changes. When I used to give a talk, my feeling was always in my head that people were hating it. And I, I don't have that feeling anymore. In moments, yeah, I get a little nervous, but I didn't get rid of that feeling by fighting that feeling. That feeling went away because of the physical presence, emotional release, relaxation of the mind, connection to spirit and nature that I have been doing iteratively and with medicine over years. And then all of a sudden I was giving a talk and I was like, oh, I don't think people hate this. Where's, where's that? Because it, it comes from the unconscious, which is only partly about words. So when we go for aliveness, we are doing iterative work on the body, mind, heart, and soul, round and round, spiraling round, addressing where we have needs. So last night, I was thinking some pretty negative thoughts about a relationship that I have and sort of making a plan based on that negative outlook. And I got the best sleep last night. And this morning, I'm able to lean back and let that relationship unfold in a much more natural way. So in that case, my aliveness was served by attention on my physical, which was sleep, which then allows something to flow. And by paying attention to the aliveness, then we are solving all the issues that we have in community and how we treat each other in our health, our relationships, all the things. So that that's the difference. And you can see in the, the travel example, how 
that depleted everything is being taken from me that I used a travel example, but this is, this is why we have a million fights on social media. This is why our world is very confused right now because there's so much taken from that we've all experienced that we're not acting from overflow. We're acting from you're all taking from me. And, and so of course we're going to fight and attack and withdraw and have mental health problems and, and physical health problems. Like, of course, and the challenge is iteratively taking care of ourselves. And I am not saying this is easy, but, and there's a lot of systemic issues here, but iteratively paying attention to our own well being so that we come closer to overflow more and more and more. And the other thing I want to say about this is we can. So we can see a lack or a place we want to grow and say, I'm going for aliveness because I want that. And that's how I'm going to shift that pattern. But it also works the other way where you, at some point in your personal work, you kind of like the intentions go away because you know that the work that you're, you know that all the problems are really invitations to grow and you're, you're flowing with life. And from that place, you're really able to, uh, so you stop t targeting the problems and you stop fighting them. But even so, if you go for aliveness, if you go for sexual energy, the stuff you need to release will be released. Because it, it's like a full body orgasm. Whew, the, your energy's up like this. Often you'll cry because stuff is coming up or rage or shaking. Energy will be stirred. And this is kind of this is kind of what magic is. It's strong intention, strong energy, strong connection. Maybe it's a visualization, ceremony, ritual. We do something and then what isn't needed falls away. So the inner work will happen, whether you say, I want to shift from here to there, or whether you say, I'm going for aliveness, either way, the inner work will happen. So leaning into sex is leaning into healing by definition, by definition. So in the talk, I talked about some of the modalities that I work with to support the body, the mind, the heart, the soul, and they, they, they vary tremendously. Um, but one of the key things that, that I like to focus on, as you know, is emotional flow. Because once we can cry and once we can get angry, and I don't mean at someone, I mean, running that type of energy. I don't mean expressing at someone. I mean, running that type of energy for ourselves. We have so much more aliveness. Like there's really nothing else to do, but have orgasms once, once the emotional energy is going. So emotional energy is, is definitely a key place to focus. I also spend a fair amount of time focusing on lifestyle pieces around sleep, around hydration, 
because until those those pieces, um, constant blood sugar is a good thing. Until those pieces are are in some kind of stability, it is very hard to shift patterns because when we when our lifestyle pieces are out of sync, that that's an indication of trauma too, because we are not able to support ourselves in staying with what is the the lifestyle choices that support our aliveness. So right there, we can see that we have something to to work with. And so working with with that at a really granular level is uh, really important. And it's not about like, do this or don't do this. It's about getting really slow and granular and seeing where that collapses, where the self-care collapses and what is underneath that. And I mean, this is such a pr- profound, profound piece of like, how did I lose that thread that day when eating went to hell? Like, like at what point and what was it? And like I said, often it's something good that it's like, I couldn't take it in. And then it's like, oh, all of a sudden it's a couple ice cream cones. So it, and nothing wrong with ice cream, but the sugar dysregulates me a bit. So why, why is that happening? Oh, because this happened. And so I'm just saying, we're like really granular and loving with ourselves there. Hmm. There's also practices for the mind, practices for the spirit, especially ceremony around connecting to nature and feeling that belonging and connecting to our intuition in the natural world and realizing like, we, we do have a very strong spiritual connection, even if the forms that we were taught aren't generative for us now, each of us does have a strong spiritual connection because it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean a personality. It doesn't mean anything like any persona. All it means is that we belong here and we're connected to the whole world. That's, that's ultimately what spirituality is. So I'm going to finish by talking a little bit about sex. As a cis heterosexual woman, generally heterosexual, um, I think a lot about the dynamics between men and women. So that that is part of the context here. This is relevant across sexual orientation, but but I'm thinking about this because uh, gender dynamics are definitely having their moment right? More than a moment. They're, they're really, they're in a state of crisis in some ways. And I think that all genders, every human being has the opportunity to step fully into their sexual power. And this is probably the thing I long for most for myself and in my partners. And and there's sort of this story when it comes to the the male female dynamic that that men want sex, women don't, which we all kind of know isn't true, but we're we're socialized in a certain way and like finding it, I actually don't find that so much to be true. We hold it differently. We're socialized differently. And these are generalizations and we all can hold our sexuality in different ways. But generally I find 
we don't we don't give ourselves license to fully own the importance of sex in our lives. And that's the thing that I think is really important. And something that happens, and I can only speak for long-term heterosexual relationships because I haven't been in a long-term non-heterosexual relationship. So I'll speak from that perspective. But one of the things I see for myself and others is that because of the conditioning, we go from desire and love to Ikea very, very quickly. And by Ikea, I mean merging of households, meeting families, merging of lives. And in that, which you could say there's a biological imperative for it, you could, but I would also say there's a ton of conditioning. Um, In that, sex stops being the most important thing. But it actually is the most important thing because it's the thing that feeds aliveness. And why do we have that partner? If we're a sexual being and we are agreeing to some kind of monogamous relationship, why are we not prioritizing it? It's interesting. Now, there's many reasons why we may not be prioritizing it. But those reasons perhaps need to be examined. Um, And there's a systemic, very systemic pressure financially, parenting, culturally, for us to have a family unit. And that makes it hard to do this kind of work that I'm talking about. Because if we're going to go after aliveness together and prioritize our sexual lives, that's going to be an adventure. That's not going to be calm necessarily. I mean, it can be, and it can be very generative. And for some it is, but it's going to be juicy. It's going to have waves. It's going to evolve over time as age, health, lifestyle, work, kids, like all those things are going to impact our sexuality. And so we have to ride together on those waves. And we're up against all of the socialization. So the minute we go to Ikea and step into the socialized version of that male-female dynamic, we are... um, giving up something of the life force energy. That's not to say we can't move in together, of course, but it's, I think that we have an opportunity as a culture to be much more mindful and to open up some of these expectations in ourselves and see where we're trying to pin down uncertainty as opposed to do something that feels really good for us. I certainly know that in my 20s, the men that I pinned down uncertainty with, I was pinning down uncertainty with rather than, oh, this is just great. I would love to be with you more often. I mean, there was some of that, but it was also like, oh, I need to get married and I'm scared when I'm not with you because my attachment anxiety is through the roof. So let's like make this a thing. So that's kind of some comments on aliveness in the context of male-female 
dynamics. And there's so much more that I could say there. But I think all human beings can be on a path of coming into sexual power and openness for themselves first. This is what Julie McIntyre talks about self-intimacy. So good that self-intimacy is the first piece, like noticing what happens when something good happens. What is our relationship to our own desires? What are we doing with them? We say we want this and this is what we're doing. Like all of this exploration of ourselves and all of the inner work, this is this is the piece and the more intimate we go with ourselves and the more intimate we go with others. And ultimately, if this world, when this world can act more and more from a place of overflow, and then this person feels better and this person feels better and maybe the, the tree grows a little more beautifully. Maybe the children are a bit more secure in themselves and learn to act from their own uniqueness and overflow rather than the ideas that we have for them. Maybe we all breathe a little more deeply. Maybe we have a little more sex and we open our emails and we're a little happier. Sex has the potential to solve all the world's if this resonates with you, be sure to subscribe so you get all the juicy episodes to come. And if you have a friend who is deep into their personal growth and healing journey, share this podcast with them too. Now go out and experience the aliveness that's here for you today.